Welcome to episode 97 of the Animal Addicts podcast. On today's episode, Casey talks about a ridiculous story involving the Monterey Bay Aquarium and petty politicians, while I talk about a new dog breed, the Romanian Carpathian Shepherd Dog. We learn about two creepy pics from the ocean, and about our listener's choice for Animal of the Week, who happens to be adorable. So let's dive into episode 97 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. Welcome to episode 97 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new assortment of super cool animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last time I saw you? So I went to a volunteer orientation. For? It's a facility called Wild Wonders. Okay. They're stationed in northern uh, San Diego County. And they're basically a rescue slash wildlife education center. They do a lot of outreach programs with various animals, so I will be doing a um, keeper-like volunteer program there. Okay. Yeah, they most of the animals there have either been um, rescues, relinquished pets. All the reptiles are relinquished pets or confiscations. Okay. Um, so I'll. So I went to the orientation on Sunday, took a tour of the facility, got to see some of the animals, and. Um, now I'm setting a date for when I actually start, and they have three shifts you can pick from, 7 to 11, which is what they recommend if you're looking to go into this as a career. 7 to 11, like 7 a.m. to 11? Yeah. Okay. So, of course. A.m. still? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. So, that's what I'm right. going to be doing. Um, is that because that's when they're doing more of the feedings and stuff, or why is that the time? Because that... that's more of, like, overall general care with, um, like, feedings, medications, that okay. kind of stuff. All right. Um, more husbandry work, whereas the eight to eleven, um, not eight, to 11, like, eight to twelve, mm -hmm. um, they that's more for their smaller animals, things like ferrets, chinchillas, okay, more typical animals. But a lot of those were seizures as well because you can't own ferrets or hedgehogs in the state of California, right, 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 or um, sugar gliders, which were claimed to be um, feral or something that's like they were released they were feral okay um but um yeah i went over some of the stories of, and it just shows like how ridiculous people are because um she was the director was telling us about how about twice a month she gets called asking them to get, take in another um so-called a tortoise oh my gosh because they're people they never, get big yeah yes and he's like over 100 pounds and she was telling us about how they used to have, and they're very strong. She's talking about um, how he broke down a um, redwood fence when they had a female there. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, so of course now they don't have a female there and he's staying in his yard. <laughs> and the other animal they get frequent calls about are alligators. Oh, my God. Yeah, in California? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're... Um, they're, they have a tamarind, which is a small primate. Okay. That was somebody's pet here in California. It That makes more sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it they were taking him out, and he was all jumping and everything, went onto a stranger, 
bit that person Ooh. and then of course she was all hysterical freaking out pissed off and yeah. wanted the animal euthanized claiming she could have rabies now and it's mm -hmm. like and of course you can't test for rabies because in order to do that you need to cut off the animal's head Ooh. so they had to basically fight tooth and nail with health and human services to not um have that happen and take him in wow yeah that's crazy mm -hmm. i would think so still though that you would be on the like if they took the animal you're still on the the hook if she mm -hmm. does develop yeah rabies i'd imagine so but yeah and they have uh, the largest species they have there or eventually will be their american alligators they're still kind of small um but she's like whenever she gets a call from fish and wildlife the inn is full we can't take any more oh no uh but but they're still small um but cr their largest animals are three cheetahs Oh, those are confiscated? So they do a lot of outreach, and they have conservation partners. One of them's a place called um, Cheetah Outreach Trust. They are the ones that also do, like, Anatolian dogs. They also do some captive breeding. Some of those will go into be released, and then sometimes they will breed them as ambassador animals to talk about conservation of cheetahs. Huh, okay, weird. Yeah. Where is this place? What city is it in? It's in Bonzel. All right, yeah. out in the boonies. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was nervous going there because it's a private road to get up there, and it's like it's narrow. It's like if someone decides to be an idiot, comes flying down, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Is it steep? It's not steep. It's just narrow, and people like to park their cars on the road. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it. So they have mostly reptiles, or they have reptiles. They do have um, they have several reptiles. Um. They also have very, they have a lot of exotic animals. They have um, some armadillos. They have some binturongs that came from a zoo. They had, um, it started with two uh -huh. that were like ambassador engagement animals at another zoo. And they couldn't keep them, so they went there. <laughs> and apparently, the birth control they were going to give the female was on back order. Oh. <laughs> She was young, and they don't breed very often. They're kind of rare, so it's like, eh, it probably won't happen. She's too young, according to textbooks. Yeah. But she had three cubs. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and um, she had no interest in raising them, so they had to hand rear them. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But now they're all fixed. Do they smell like popcorn? I didn't get that close to tell. Okay. Yeah. They have one at the zoo in the... Um the wildlife base camp yeah. which still annoys and they don't have signs there i'm just like mm -hmm. i'm happy i know what that animal is <laughs> but i'm like trying to sniff because it's not right next to you and i'm like i think i can't oh smell smell doesn't mm -hmm. smell like popcorn to me yeah anyway all right well that's yeah. exciting yes. so when does that oh you don't know your start date yet i requested for um to start wednesday next week um so hopefully i'm waiting for her to give me an email back okay yeah. well that'll be good mm -hmm. how many volunteers do they have there a lot <laughs> Um, there were just five in that orientation that day, but most of the people that work there are volunteers. Is it just once a week or? It's a minimum of once a week. Okay. I'll try to get more. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. Yep. All right. Well, um, I guess my segue is pets that were relinquished, but a pet that's not relinquished. Mm -hmm. Although maybe I should because she's a brat sometimes. <gasps> but anyway. Um, no. no. No, I wouldn't. She's an angel. She, yeah. She's an angel that is. It's a good thing she's cute. That's all I can say. Um, anyway, so we're doing uh, renovation type stuff on the house. And Tiger Lily has just been fascinated and horrified by it all. So we had, I have these two giant bureaus. And we had to put all the um, 
drawer, obviously because they had to move to do the carpet. So we had to take all the drawers out of them. They had to move the bureaus out. And these are too big for me to move myself, as you can see, because, you know, I'm only human. I'm a small person. Anyway, so the living room, I almost said kitchen, is full of, like, the beds out there because then the bed comes in. Anyway, it's a whole thing. And then the couches are covered with the, uh, the drawers from the bureaus. And she's very upset because she gets on that couch all the time. So she'll literally, like, look at us and cry and look at the couch and be like, why? What is this disaster? So that was the bad part of it. Everything's out everywhere. She can't get into her normal spots. She was shut out of my room and the back room and all the stuff because all the stuff from my room is in the back room as well as in the living room. Anyway, so then the carpet gets replaced. Yay. And then I get to put the drawers back. Well, before I put the drawers back, um, because I don't have things going, she comes in and the bureaus, of course, now have no drawers in them. So there's all these empty spaces for her to jump into. I might have to post a picture of her in it. She's um, so cute. She's so cute. And the little baby. So she jumps up in the drawers and I got a picture of her just looking out at me and she's so cute, wandering around inside the drawers, having the time of her life. So that part she loves. Mm. Most of this she hates, but this part she loves. She's like, ooh, new things to explore. Mm. And then... In this moment, I have a bunch of things on the dressers, but before there was nothing on them, so she could just jump all over them and have all the fun. Anyway, so changing things at the house is very exciting for pets. So ways to traumatize your animals. House renovation-y type things. But then also take drawers out of your bureaus <laughs> and great excitement for cats. So that's that. She will, I don't know how she'll feel when everything's all done. She'll be so excited because she'll get to explore everything. Anytime you move anything, cats are like, oh. What has changed? Mm. So she'll be excited to explore when it's all done. And I'll be so happy when it's all done. Then we just have to do the next room. <laughs> it doesn't end. Anyway. All right. Well, let's move on into uh, what Casey wants to talk about today. It's ridiculousness. Okay, great. It's just... Okay. So basically, um, Monterey Bay Aquariums and hot water <laughs> from politicians. Okay, why? Um, because recently... Um, they listed Maine Lobster collect, um, fished from Canada and the U.S. on their Red Avoid list um, on their Seafood Watch app Okay. because this kind of fishing method has a high incidence of entanglements, especially with animals like right whales, which are incredibly endangered. Okay. And now there's a congressman who's running for election um, that wants to is trying to push a bill to... Uh, withhold future funding for the aquarium oh my god yes and this it gets dumber um because like he's claiming that this is going to hurt the many thousands of main lobster fisheries um which i found out is a 700 million dollar business from oh, last year Maine is what you you yeah. said lobster that's what they do yeah um anyways and what's really ridiculous is this is has bipartisan support Bipartisan support to withhold funds or bipartisan support to... with Yeah, to pass a bill to withhold funds. Oh, my God. Like, all the ca both candidates are in support. And one of the petty things is, the challenger, mm -hmm. is claiming that um, he's a hypocrite because he took a less than $700 donation from the executive director of the aquarium. Keep in mind, this is a campaign where, collectively, both candidates have taken... About five, over $5 million in contributions. Okay. That's a bit crazy. Also, what's more ridiculous is most of this money does not go to the aquarium. It goes to the Marine Monterey Bay Aquarium Marine Research Institute. I just... Which does not run the app. I just don't 
understand why you want to withhold money from them just because they say oh they're not like they're banning it they're yeah just saying there's, you shouldn't eat it they're saying this is going to hurt mainland mainland people who <laughs> care who well, put it this way people who don't give a shit are still gonna eat the lobster yeah like it's not the people who give a shit to check that thing are already people who probably aren't really eating lobster a lot anyway yeah like they're not the people who are already supporting that industry so that's so stupid yeah Oh my god, politicians are the dumbest freaking people. Yeah, and this is why fat bears only. Yeah, and just to like as a I don't know, as a show, I guess you could call it. He took he refused to give back this donation to the aquarium and instead put it into a 5000 put it as part of his $5000 donation to the main um lobster board or something. <laughs> I can't remember. It's too long of a Oh yeah. The main lobsters industry basically. Oh my god, so dumb. But yeah, I can see them getting pissed if they were actually like, like putting for something that would ban them from actually yeah, collecting them. Like, but just saying, hey, you shouldn't—that's mm-hmm. so stupid. Yeah, and it's the aquarium. Their list does have some impact because, like, a lot of times when they put something on the avoid list, uh, some grocery stores will stop um having that in their stores yeah but like whole foods like not like you know just a normal (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like that's just so dumb i can't but yeah it's just so ridiculous because it's bipartisan support in both the house and senate is like saying we need to send a congress needs to do something i don't think it matters what your politics Uh, are rich people like to eat lobster yeah it's a status thing also Mm -hmm. apparently it tastes good but i refuse to eat it so Mm. i prefer crab over lobster honestly yeah, I refuse to eat either. So. <laughs> anyway, also probably couldn't. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you anyway. can't eat much of anything. Can't eat much of it. I wonder if I could. I mean, I can eat normal, like plain salmon. So, like, I don't know if you could eat that. Yeah, but that's so different. It is very different. Also, I feel like so many people are allergic to shellfish. Yeah. I don't think I am. I guess I'll never find out. <laughs> <laughs> or someone will sneak lobster into like my food someday, and then I like basically die, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's how we get to find out. Like, you snuck lobster oh, in. It reminds me of that scene in Mrs. Doubtfire. I cannot remember what she... Was it, go- like, the scene where they're all at the dinner table and he, at the boyfriend, asks for yeah. his food without garlic or something, and then he... Um, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. I can't, why can't I remember his Mrs. characters? Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, yes. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Doubtfire puts something in it. I can't remember what it is now, and he basically nearly dies. <laughs> <laughs> what i'm thinking about i haven't watched that in so long Uh, i love that movie i watched it so much growing up they apparently made a musical of that but i haven't seen anything no i know so stupid they make musicals out of dumbest things now they have a back to the future musical why why is this happening i don't understand it was there a beetlejuice musical first or was the movie the movie was first okay it's pretty recent but that's what i thought beetlejuice kind of lends itself more Mm -hmm. to a musical than like back to the future or mrs doubtfire i'm like please stop making all these movies into musicals most of them are terrible the the musical adaptation at least anyway um okay well from that into i don't know how to segue this (laughs) there's no there's no segue for this so it is um it is time for the doggy breed and to this time to choose because we're in the ocean so I'm like, well, they're not really ocean dogs. So I was like, but you know what? It is spooky season. So I wanted to find a dog that was developed, I guess, in the area where Dracula is from. I don't know how I was going to be like, ooh. Dracula doesn't do ooh. Um, so Romania. So I have chosen the Romanian 
Carpathian, I don't know if it's Carpathian or Carpathian, something like that, shepherd dog. So for whatever reason, this dog only gets two descriptors. Everybody else gets three, I feel like. But this one is loyal and brave. And they are in the, any guess what, what group they're in? The working group? You would think so. The Foundation Stock Service. It's very strange. Anyway, I feel like they just made that the herders at this point. What's that? What's different from that? And I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Working dogs should be the herders. Unless they're, I guess they could be like retrievers. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, the history on these pepperonis. Also, the picture of the puppy is so cute. You have to go to AKC and see these pictures. Uh, also, I have to say, I can't get a really good picture to put on the website. So I suggest you go check out AKC's pictures anyway, because they have better ones. Anyway, so the Romanian Carpathian, I'm just going to say Carpathian. We're going to choose Carpathian. I don't know if it's right. Romanian Carpathian shepherd dog has been used for centuries by the Romanian human shepherds. Okay, I feel like that wasn't necessary. By the Romanian human shepherds in the Carpathian Mountains to defend the herds and guard the family or tourist cabins, houses, and barns. The Carpathian Mountains of Romania, um, being known to this day for housing more than 50% of Europe's brown bear population and more than 37% of Europe's gray wolves. The selection of the Romanian Carpathian Shepherd breed was performed naturally from an endemic breed uh, present in the Carpathian Danubio area. The selection was done initially based on performance and efficiency in guarding and protection. And the first breed standard was written in 1934 by the Zootechnical National Institute of Romania. The Carpathian Shepherds International and Definitive Recognition came in 2015 when hundreds of dogs with the same characteristics and temperament were presented in front of international canine judges. And the breed standard, as we know it today, was written and published by the International Canine Federation as FCI standard 350.wp. Don't know what that's about. <laughs> I'm going to move right along. All right, so these peppers, uh, the males reach about 26 to 29 inches at the shoulder and 23 to 26 inches for the females. They weigh about 70 to 100 pounds and their life expectancy is 12 to 14 years. It goes on to say... The Romanian Carpathian Shepherd Dog is a natural guardian, very courageous and loyal, distinguishing itself by its unconditional attachment and devotion to the whole family or the herd it protects and to its master. The Carpathian is a dignified, proud, and calm and balanced dog. Oh my <laughs> it's God. crazy. Anyway, um, the Roman Carpathian Shepherds are fierce guardians, brave, intelligent, loyal, and proud dogs that are also very playful and fully devoted to their families and master. They will listen to all family, but recognize one human to be the ultimate master they will follow. <laughs> That's great. Um, the Carpathians are large, double-coated dogs, gray wolf-like in color, very agile and powerful. They are extremely efficient working dogs, naturally selected to guard and protect herds and flocks from the large number of gray wolves, brown bears, and other predators housed predators, I don't know why I said predators housed in the Carpathian Mountains of Romania. The dogs play uh, they play an important role in maintaining a balance, a balanced natural habitat between humans, domesticated animals, and wild predators in the area. Most Carpathian shepherds today are still working in the Romanian mountains, performing the same jobs they were selected for hundreds of years ago. And when they are not doing that, they are loyal companions and vigilant guardians of homes and families. Frequently described as noble dogs due to their proud and dignified elegance. <laughs> okay. 
The Carpathians are big and strong, standing high, as high as 30 inches at the shoulder, and often weighing more than 100 pounds. These fierce guardians usually are very calm and balanced, appearing indifferent at times while preserving their energy for the real danger. At the right moment, they will quickly spring into action and move with unexpected agility, speed, and determination to meet a threat. Okay. Yep, that's what you got. Uh, There's that. There is that. Um, okay, so health-wise with these guys, I'm not going to get to the whole thing. You can check it out. But basically the main thing that they uh, are looking for with these guys are hip evaluation, which is very common in large dogs. So there you go. Uh, and grooming the Romanian Carpathian shepherds. Furry double coat is dense to protect them equally from the cold and heat. And it varies from short on the front of the limbs to and head, excuse me, to long on the tail, back of limbs, chest, and around the neck. They shed a lot of the undercoat when the warm seasons are starting around May to June. Brushing is necessary occasionally using a de-shedding brush or a dog undercoat rake. For the areas with longer fur, a de-matting brush works best. Nails can be trimmed, obviously. Do trimmed in the ears and the teeth. Do all that stuff. (laughs) Um, Their furry double coat is dense to protect them. We already said that. Why are you saying this again, weirdo? Anyway. They they need to reiterate it because it's very important. I guess. They literally Mm. just copied and pasted this exact same thing twice in the same paragraph. Mm. I don't know who's running their website. It reminds me of like when I would have to write papers. It's like I feel like I'm writing the same thing over and over. That's how it always is. Which I always hated in high school because I'm like, I'm just BSing for three pages of this five-page thing. But that is what life is like. Yeah. You've written a cover letter? And then I get a professor that's like, reduce three pages into one. That I like. I like that. Find the find the meat. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So Romanian Carpathian shepherd dogs walk along with their flock up on the mountains, <laughs> keeping guard. They usually preserve their energy to be able to protect the herd from a bear, boar, wolf, or bobcat attack, which happen often and are expected in the Carpathian Mountains. If they don't have a herd to guard, they need at least one to two hours a day moderate activity, walks nose work, I guess letting them sniff stuff, puzzles and playtime. They are mostly pack-motivated, much more than food. Interesting. And toy-motivated. It is necessary to have a fenced yard or keep on a leash, as they do like to roam on their territory. Uh, And then obviously training and all that stuff. Training all dogs. There you go. I didn't check to see if they said it's difficult. I feel like if they're shepherd dogs, they're probably not hard to train. They do have a mind of their own. And they work with little human guidance, so they might be a little tricky. But they are intelligent, so we'll see. They said they respond naturally well to well or standard. Oh, I cannot stay. <laughs> respond naturally well to standard obedience training. However, most of them are usually not motivated by food or toys in the long run. So there you go. Anyway, is a cool dog. Like I said, check out the pictures they have on AKC because they're better. We will have one, but it's not going to be as great on the website. So I'm just going to tell you that in advance. But they're cool, and that is a dog that maybe Dracula would see. Ooh, spooky season. Just. All the training comment would remind me of like all the videos I've seen, like a bad trainers online, but then they have good like promotion videos. It's like, yeah, the reason they have good, it looks good in the promotion is they work are working with very obedient dogs like shepherds. Yeah, a dog that yeah you don't see them with uh, Shiba Inus out there. Yeah, or Akitas. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, that whole region of dogs. Yes. <laughs> They're all from the same place. Um. Okay. Who's the one I can't think of? Oh, my God. Uh, um, Ajindo. Yeah. I'm like, who's the middle? 
Because you got Akita, Jindo, and Shiba. <laughs> That's your sizes. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that is going to bring us to our, our picks for this week. And it was Casey's choice this week. So, Casey, what is the category? I went with sea creatures that give you the heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. And I chose that to mean not scary, but like creepy. Yeah. Okay, cool. What did you choose? I went with the cone snail. Okay. And why did you choose that? Tell us about them. Okay. So, the cone snails are members of the family Conidae. Which hangs over four. Uh, <laughs> you okay? That's funny when it's a cone snail. Yeah. Conidy? Yep, conidy. I love it. Okay, continue. Sorry. There are over a thousand spe- known species. And for fun, I looked up if we have any cone snails on our coast, and we do. The California cone snail. Okay. And Allie, I feel like you will get a kick out of its scientific oh, name. Okay. It's California conic- conus californicus. I like it. California conus californicus. I like that one. Yeah. Specifically, though, I will be talking about the geography cone snail, which has the scientific name Conus geographus. That's weird. Why is that's a weird name? Yep. Why is it a geographic cone snail? <laughs> okay. We're gonna get into it. Yes. Okay, good. Thank God. Uh, just a little fun fact. First, the genus Conus is what is known as the type genus for this family Conidae, meaning the root of the name Conidae comes from the word Conus. And this genus is what is used as reference to define the, this family of snails. I feel like that's how it always is. The yeah. name and the family and the whatever order, whatever you just said, genus is always similar. Yeah. Well, that's a rule that we do with with naming families. Okay. I feel like that's just kind of redundant. But anyway, continue on. Um, let's see. This snail is found in the coastal regions of the Indo-Pacific. Cone snails are estimated to live somewhere between 10 to 20 years. The geography cone snail is a small species of cone snail measuring 70 to 150 millimeters in length. And they can weigh about between 13 and 62 grams. The cone snails are all predatory marine snails. And despite being very slow-moving animals, they actually specialize in hunting fish. The geography cone snail gets its name from its mottled pattern of its shell with a mix of colors like pink, white, and chestnut or chocolate brown. And this species is highly desired from shell collectors. That doesn't make sense why it's called geographic. I guess the model coloring kind of resembles like shapes of a continent on a map. That makes no sense. I feel like it would make more sense to be geology where it seems yeah. like it's like, you know, whatever. Okay. And those people were also not sober when they came <laughs> up with that. Continue on. Not verified, but that is my... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I suspect. All right. Like many other cone snails, they are nocturnal predators, so you most likely won't see them moving around until the sun starts to set, and during the day, they will bury themselves in the sand. When the snail is hunting, it will extend a structure called the siphon, which is an extension of the part of the body called the mantle, which is what covers all the visceral organs of the mollusks. This siphon acts similar to the antenna of insects and are used for chemoreception, for the snail to detect its prey. The cone snail also has a proboscis, which is an extension of the oral region. And within the proboscis, they have a modified radula. Most mollusks have some kind of radula, which is usually like a tongue covered in tiny teeth, similar to sandpaper. That's how I would describe it. But in cone snails, it has been mollified into a hollow harpoon, uh, which they use to strike at an immobilized fish nearly as large as they are. How far do they shoot it out? They or have to be pretty attached. close. So they just like, eh. Yeah. They just harpoon it with their tongue? Yeah. Yes. 
Yep. Yes, they do? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yes. It's long, but they still have to get close to the fish. Okay. So it's not like a lizard where they can, like, no. pop it out and get it. Okay. Yeah. And the reason that these very slow mollusks are able to take down incredibly quick and agile fish is because cone snails possess the most toxic venom of any animal on the planet. That's crazy. When they inject their venom into the fish, it induces nearly instantaneous paralysis, allowing the snail to feed on the fish safely. And their venom is so toxic that they have been known to kill humans that decide to pick up these colorful shells, and there is no anti-venom for cone snail envenomation. <laughs> that sucks. Yep. Most of the chemical components of cone snail venom are neurotoxins, meaning that their venom targets and disrupts the ion channels in nerve cells to induce paralysis. This is why they have been researched extensively to produce pain relief medications that doesn't, and these medications actually don't become addictive like opioids. Um, the problem with these medications, though, is that they have to be injected into the spine to be effective. Ooh. Yeah. However, the geography cone um, implements a hunting strategy that is very unique amongst cone snails. A major part of their venom is made up of specialized insulins. And their insulin are much more similar to fish insulins than to mollusk hormones. Okay, weird. So when they inject their venom into the fish, they induce hypoglycemic shock, which is when your blood sugar level drops very uh, to dangerously low levels. Weird. Yep. So then what happens when that happens? I was about to say it. They pass out. Okay. okay. <laughs> they become immobilized. Okay, okay. Um, this unique incorporation of insulin into venom is only seen in one other species. It is Conus tulipa, the tulip cone snail. And they are the only animals known to use their insulin as a bioweapon. <laughs> That's crazy. Yep. This allows them to actually have two different hunting methods. Oh. The first, which is seen in other cone snails, is known as the hook and line method, in which they wave around their proboscis to lure in the fish before injecting them with the venom with their radula. The other method is called the net hunting method, in which they will release their venom into the water when they are near a school of fish, which disorients them. Because the insulin in their venom gets breathed in through the fish, goes into the gills, enters the bloodstream, and their blood sugar drops and become disoriented. It's freaking like a massive bioweapon. Yes, and so then they can just slowly engulf it, and then they kill it. Oh my god. <laughs> yep. These things are crazy. They're so cool. Uh, the incorporation of insulin in their realm is also being researched in the hope of developing better fast-acting insulin for those with diabetes. The geography cone snail is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list, but the species hasn't been assessed since October of 2011, so this probably needs to be updated. There are currently no known major threats, except maybe collection by snail collectors, but conversely, the snail may become a major threat to those collectors. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yep. Um, that, it's, that's not so. Uh, Casey. Yes, Allie. What is the gastropod's favorite kind of correspondence? Shell phone. <laughs> I like the effort. Snail mail. Snail. <laughs> uh. Yay! 
I feel like you weren't mad about that one, though. You are mm-hmm. mad you didn't get it, yeah. but you didn't hate it as much. Nothing as good as Jurassic kicked. Let's just be mm-hmm. real. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, I realized I almost didn't even say what I chose. Okay, so um, I chose this animal because Casey had put it forth. I'd never heard of it before. Casey put it forth for something, and when I looked at it, I was horrified. <laughs> um, again, I wanted it to not be something that I was, like, terrified of, like, because we did the banded sea crate was my stuff of nightmares. And there are other sea snakes, which obviously fit that bill. But I just wanted it to be something that creeped me out. And this thing is creepy looking. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to see it. So anyway, it's scientific name. Sorry. Again, it's the bobbit worm. And its scientific name is Eunice Aphroditoes. Something like that. Um, the bobbit worm and its close relatives have a global distribution, but are most well documented in tropical and subtropical waters. They are estimated to have a lifespan of around three to five years. The bobbit worm is one of the largest marine worm species in the world, measuring up to three meters in length, but most only reach a little over a meter long. Still terrible. Don't like it. They are omnivorous species that will feed on detritus and seaweed, but the bulk of their diet consists of small fish and other worms. The bobbit worm belonged to a group of worms under the class Polychaeta? Polychaeta. Polychaeta. Whatever. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Which translates to many bristles. That's a weird name that doesn't make sense. But many bristles is cute. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's not cute when you see it, though. Anyway, um, they get this name because along their segmented body, they have structures called parapodia, which act kind of like feet. And on these parapodia are cheetah. Kite. Kite. Oh, my gosh. Which are bristle structures that are made up of, oh, man, chitin? Chitin. Chitin. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't It doesn't even say the same each way you change it. Oh, God. This is one you're trying to trip me up again. And this time it's working, <laughs> unlike last week. These. Chite? Kite. Kite. Is it always key? Yeah. Okay. Kite. Usually it, we don't. In a lot of Latin words don't use the so ch, literally so. I'm just complaining, folks, because this is C H A E T A E. So the A E in one is E, but then the A E at the end is a uh, A. Sorry, makes no sense. Make make a choice. God, these chete. I don't even care anymore. We're moving on. No chete. Kite. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Kite. Kite are used for um, the little freaking bristle things, okay? The little feety things, okay? Are used for locomotion and give them better traction when moving around the sediment um, and where they're swimming in the through the water column. Uh, this species is an ambush predator and will bury their long body into the sand with antenna-like structure on its head sticking out. These structure... Uh, structures have light and chemical receptors and when they detect some kind of stimuli the worm will launch itself out of the sediment to grab the fish then quickly pull itself back into the sand this motion is incredibly fast and they have been measured pulling themselves back at 20 feet per second crazy don't like it they hold on to their struggling prey oh i hate the way you wrote that um with a double set of retractable jaws uh, that have a pair of serrated plates all oh, this is terrible that are capable of slicing fish in half this is absolutely horrifying i was so happy when you picked it oh my god <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite invertebrates oh my god on top of these powerful jaws they also possess venom of course they do to inject into their larger prey and to more easily subdue their victims without getting injured these worms are such great ambush predators that there was an aquarium that noticed that they were losing fish in their collection but never found any bodies oh my god 
They decided to set up a camera on the exhibit and they discovered that they had a bobbit worm in the tank that was catching and eating the fish during the night. Oh, God. This is a horror movie. It's just a fish yep. horror movie. Okay. Trimmers! Along with <laughs> all its terrifying adaptations. That's right. The bobbit worm's name also has a disturbing origin great and involves a lawsuit from the 90s yep. concerning John and Lorena Bobbitt. They were an American couple that had a terrible marriage that started in 89 and struck and tragedy struck in 93 when Lorena cut off John's penis while he was asleep and later would drive away and threw it out the window of her car. Of course, he sued her. <laughs> the media ran with the case. And Bobbit mania ensued and became synonymous with penis removal and violent behavior. But don't worry. The Bobbit worm does not pull a Lorena Bobbit as the males do not have a penis. <laughs> and instead, they reproduce by broadcast spawning, releasing their sperm or eggs into the ocean to hopefully get fertilized. That was worse than I thought. <laughs> I just looked at it, and to me, I was like, that is like a millipede underwater. Yeah. And it's horrible, and I don't like it. And then they're like, this crazy action. I was like, that's awful. But this got so much worse. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I love them. Ugh, gross. <sighs> I prefer your harpooning crazy snail. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, from horrible things, terrifying things under the sea, to adorable things under the sea, yep. that brings us to our Animal of the Week, and this is our listener's choice, and our Animal of the Week this week is... The Atlantic Spotted Dolphin. I'm so excited. I didn't know these existed, and then I saw a picture of them, and I was like, we're doing, I love this. I'm so happy this was chosen. Okay, here we go. So these guys come from the order Artiodactyla, and they're in the family Delphinidae. And their scientific name is Tenella frontalis. Okay. As their name suggests, the Atlantic spotted dolphin is only found in the Atlantic Ocean. They prefer living in tropical and warm temperate waters, but can be found along the coast as well as in the open ocean. They average somewhere between 10 to 12 years, but some may get as old as 30 or 40. Wow, that's a big difference. <laughs> yep. They are a small dolphin species, so they have a lot of predators. Aww. Uh, so they're only about 1.6 to 2.1 meters long and weigh 100 to 143 kilograms. Oh, yeah, they are pretty small yeah. for a dolphin. Yeah. Like other dolphins, they are piscivores and feed mainly on fish, but also will hunt squid and other small invertebrates. They are among the easier to identify species of dolphins since they are covered in spots. So hence cute. their name. I feel like they're a little Dalmatian of the sea. Yep. However, they are not born that way, and at birth, calves are actually uniformly gray and don't start to show those distinctive spots until they're around three years they old. They really are like Dalmatians. Yep. And as they get older, they will accumulate more and more spots over time. They're so cute. Mm -hmm. But some will lack spots even into adulthood, and there are several individuals that live offshore in the Gulf Stream that don't have spots at all as adults. Wow. Also, like other dolphin species, they are incredibly social animals and live in groups that can range in size from just five individuals up to 50. When the species is found in the coastal regions, they usually only form pods of around five to 15 dolphins, and they will usually segregate themselves by age or sex when they're in these groups. Hmm. Uh, in rare instances, they may even come together to form super pods that can be up to around 200 dolphins. Nice. They even will sometimes socialize with other species of dolphins, such as bottlenose dolphins or striped dolphins. Okay. A spotted dolphin and a striped dolphin? Ah, yeah. oh, how cute. Many of the dolphins within the pod are usually closely related to one another, 
So they will help protect pregnant females, which have a gestation period about 11 to 12 months. And they are usually preyed upon by sharks. And they will also help raise each other's calves. A calf will continue to nurse on its mother until it's about five years old before it's completely weaned off. They will also send out distress signals to other members of its pod who will come to help it and have even been observed taking turns supporting a sick or injured pod member. Aww, I love them. <laughs> Along with protection, these dolphins, al- dolphins also live in groups in order to increase their hunting success. They tend to be nocturnal and hunt at night using various vocalizations to communicate, like whistles and click, clicks. And will work together to corral fish into a bait ball to make it easier for them to pick off the fish. Another interesting aspect of these vocalizations is that they vary just enough from one another that an individual dolphin can be identified through their unique vocalization. They are also able to focus that sound wave um, into a beam and then that is powerful enough to stun or even kill the fish. Whoa, that's cool! (laughs) They have... between 30 and 42 pairs of teeth, and these teeth are conical shaped, and they point backwards. So when a dolphin grabs the fish, they really don't have a good chance of getting away. Hopefully they eat you quickly. Yes, but dolphins can be brutal. They have observed them like playing with fish like they're chew toys. (laughs) It's because they're related to freaking killer (laughs) whales. Uh, the Atlantic Spot Dolphin is currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN Red List. Uh, one of the biggest threats the species faces is getting caught in fishing gear. They are also being disturbed by noise pollution, which is disrupting their communication and ability to echolocate. And some sounds are loud enough that it can cause temporary or even permanent hearing loss, Aww. which is a death sentence for a dolphin. Oh no. Is that just because they can't communicate then? Yeah, can't okay. communicate, can't locate prey. Okay. Yeah. Very important for them. Thankfully, they are protected by the Marine Mammal Protection Act, and they are listed under CITES Appendix 2. Okay. I don't remember. Can other dolphins do that wave thing to stun the fish or kill them? Does that have that beam? I don't remember. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you said water, and I was losing it. I was like, what? It's like, yeah, all basically all dolphins okay. uh, can I just don't focus. remember that from when we talked about dolphins before, mm-hmm. but that's really cool, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. I want to have dolphin powers where I can breathe under, not breathe under a while, but hold my breath for a while <laughs> underwater, and then, like, shoot things with <laughs> sound. I'm like, no. And then they just stop whatever they're doing, or mm-hmm. die even better. I'm like, you're done doing this. Mm-hmm. You could do that in retail with little children who are breaking everything and they just like fall over because oh they're God. stunned. It'd be great. <laughs> like, come collect your child. <sighs> anyway. All right. Well, is that thunder? <laughs> Sorry. Distraction. Sometimes I don't know if they're trucks or thunder. Anyway. All right. Well, that is our Atlantic Spotted Dolphin. Yes. They're so cute. I love them so much. They're adorable. When I discovered that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, if this wasn't chosen, it was going to be an animal, let me tell you. <laughs> it would have been covered at some point. All right. So, if you may remember <laughs> from, I think, a three episodes. Revenge. I don't remember. Yes. A couple, a, a bit ago, um, Casey did a horrible, horrible quiz for me that uh, made no sense because there were many right answers to the first 
hint, I guess we'll say. Um, and so I'm making one for Casey now. So here we go. I've called it Figure It Out, Allie's Revenge. Um, it is the sequel to the original. And uh, yeah, so we're going to see how you go. What's my time? I, uh, I think, well, you did 10 minutes, right? Yeah. So we'll do 10 minutes. Same structure. Okay. So it's the 10, t- I mean, hopefully I did it the same way. So it's essentially you get five hints All right. to get it, and there's 10 of them. Okay, are you ready? No, but I'm going to. Okay, here we go. Ready? Wait. Damn it. Yes. It's a dog breed. Mm. Jindo. Nope. It's in the non-sporting group. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, non-sporting group? Mm-hmm. Shiba Inu? Nope. <laughs> I think we've covered that. I don't think that. we talked about it. I thought we did. I think we talked about it. No, I, I know what I was, I was thinking. Klikai. Oh, okay. No. It's Damn. Not, it's not them. But good job. They are kind of sort of similar looking, sort of, kind of. Uh, okay. It was developed in the Americas. Oh, boy. That should help. It does not. We have not covered as many in the Americas. Developed in the Americas. Mm-hmm. It's named after, is it named after a state? I didn't say it was named after a state. Oh, wait. I just said it was developed in the Americas. Americas. Yes. Zolo. Yay, (laughs) you got it. The next clue, I thought you would have gotten it because it was hairless. Okay, Mm -hmm. here we go. All right. He is an animal from a non-Disney movie. From a non-Disney movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. I think it's still non-Disney. They keep buying everything, so it might have changed now. But back then, it was non-Disney. Oh my! I can't These are of... all things we have discussed before. Okay. Like I've been in a quiz or something. A non-Disney movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it is a movie? Yes, it is a movie. Okay. I'm not even going to be able to guess. Just go okay. to the next one. <laughs> we don't want to even do the next, the next clues? No, I think like, we can get it from the okay. The next clue. Okay, here we go. Yeah. He's based on a real animal. Based on a real animal. Oh, is this that stinking dog? <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Very rude. <laughs> based on a real animal. Mm-hmm. Like an individual animal, yes, not just like a tiger. <laughs> oh boy. I feel like it has to be another dog. Cujo. <laughs> no. There is a statue of him in Central Park. I just imagined a Cujo <gasps> statue in Central Park. I'm like, oh, what would that look like? I was very upset I didn't get to go see that statue. This is the of that Jindo or not a Jindo. It's um, it's not a Shiba Inu, is it? In Central Park. Mm-hmm. I don't care about New York, so this is going to be a problem. <laughs> oh, wait. This was a movie. Yes. Movie. Central Park. Mm. The fact that there's a statue of him in Central Park means he's important. Does it, though? <laughs> wow. If I don't remember it. <laughs> I mean, I don't just go around putting up statues of Mufasa or something. So, like... Thing, I'm still fixed on it being a dog, and I'm pretty sure now I'm not. 
don't have the timer to tell you how long you have. Sorry. You have six minutes. What hint are we on? Uh, that was your third one. Okay, let's go to the next one. He is a canine. <laughs> okay. And I have to know his name. Mm -hmm. There's a movie about him. Mm -hmm. Why can I not? Oh. <laughs> I feel like I know it, but I probably don't. I don't know how you couldn't know it at this point. I think I've asked you this question like six different times. I know, but I can't remember his damn name. <laughs> this disrespect. You need to know the name. I'm sorry. <laughs> last one. Okay, last one is he's famous for bringing the diphtheria serum to the people of Nome, Alaska. Yeah, I knew it was that. I just can't think of his name. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm not going to get this one. This okay, all right, we're moving on. I just realized I need to mark where you got the other one. Okay, I, I expected you to not get that one, which is just disrespect to him. Okay, it is a domesticated animal. Domesticated animal. Mm -hmm. Abyssinian. Great first guess, but no, they weigh more than fifty pounds. Weigh so more than fifty pounds. Was an Abyssinian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so definitely that would be a all, mountain lion. <laughs> all canines at this point. Um. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think of all the dog breeds now. There's been a lot. I know. That's what's hard. <laughs> okay, let's go to the next one. Okay, this should help. They come from the family Equidae. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what was it? That is way over 50 I know. I didn't want to make it easy. I was like, oh, it's over 500 because we're not making oh, dogs that way. Oh, my God. Why can't I? Because we haven't talked about quarter horses. Nope. Oh, my. We literally only talked about two horses. And so I can't should... remember their name. You should be able to get it. Uh, Winchester? Is that the name? What? I don't know. Winchester? Yeah. No. Do I have a letter in there, right? I mean, there is a lot of letters in there, so yes. The first. But no, the first one is not okay, right. Okay. I they have a distinctive mane and are very versatile. Mm. <laughs> I thought you would get this one. You'd be wrong. Okay, well, the next hint should help. Okay. Do you want the next yes. hint? Yes. Okay. They come from Norway. Norwegian. Yes. We literally talked about them not that long ago. Oh, I know, because... <sighs> yeah, this one I'm going to fail, too. Are you giving up on this one? I'll take the next hint. That's the last oh, hint. Oh, that was the last hint? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> okay, moving on. All right, she's a fully aquatic animal from a movie. Fully aquatic... Yeah, I'm going to steal that from you, yo. <laughs> uh, 
uh, female aquatic animals. Ursula. <laughs> it's not an animal. She is an uh, octopus. She is a human octopus thing. Anyway, she's from... I don't from, think that's human she's anymore. She's from a Pixar movie. Oh, Pixar. Oh. Blue Tang. Dory. No. Oh, uh, really? She is an animal I picked as a favorite. Is that not a... Am I naming the species or the individual? The individual. Oh, damn. But either way, if you said the right type of animal, I'd be like, yes, and then you have to come up with the yeah. name. But it is, so it is not an animal blue... I picked as a favorite. Hmm. Beluga? No. Damn. Good guess, though. You still have to get the name, but that was not it. Uh, okay, she is. <laughs> I don't think I forgot those. She shares a name with Prince Edward's horse from Enchanted. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. Okay, you want the next hint? Yes. Okay, this one should help. She's the largest species of shark. What is that damn whale shark's name? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What is it? I think I've only seen that movie like twice. I do realize as we did this, I have also picked a hippo tang as a favorite. Yeah. So technically Tori. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going with Wendy because I can't okay, remember. Okay, great. Moving along. It's an alliteration. It's my best guess. Okay, sure. All right, here we go. It's a domestic animal developed in Europe. Domestic. Oh, uh, Holland Lop. No, good Damn. try. It weighs under 12 pounds. Ooh. Under 12 pounds? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about a cat in Europe? None of our no. cats are in Europe, no. Oh, oh. Lhasa Opso, is that it? We didn't talk about that, but okay. Damn it! Um, it is described as alert, curious, and loyal. <laughs> as what? Alert, curious, and loyal. We don't talk about common dog breeds. So. Oh. Dude, you, we didn't get through half of these. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, uh, it. I didn't expect it to be this bad, Casey. I did. <laughs> okay. You literally got one right. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my God. I thought it would be better than that. All right, here we go. I'm just going to go through all of it because this was pretty rough. Okay. So you got out of 100 points. Let's see. Uh, 10, 8, 6... <laughs> It ain't nothing. <laughs> it's not nothing. <laughs> All right, great. So it's the first one. It's a dog breed. It's in the non-sporting group. It was developed in Americas. It's hairless. It's named after an Aztec dog-headed gog. That's the Sholo. Yeah. Sholo is queenly. Uh, okay. He's an, he's, I'm just, you get all the ins on this. Balto. It's freaking Balto. Stop disrespecting this dog. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyway. All right, here we go. So the one we got what through the? all the hints again that came from Norway is the Norwegian Fjord horse. Fjord. Yes. Yes. Okay, you got all the way. You got that she's a whale shark. Her name is Destiny. Destiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, I-, I also was almost like it's usually a stripper name, but anyway. Um, <laughs> all 
All right, this is where we got caught. So, is Wendy not a stripper name either? Wendy's not really a stripper name. It's usually like Diamond, Destiny, like things like that. Mm. Anyway, um, not, I say that as I've never been to a strip club, but just like in movies and stuff, I feel like there's always Destiny. I've never been to a strip club, but I turned to went to a bar that kind of turned into a strip well, club. that can happen. <laughs> anyway, um, so the one we got stuck on. Uh, okay, so it's described as alert, curious, and loyal. Here we go. This may have helped. People say it looks like Chewbacca. Oh. This would have helped more. This the capital. The capital of Belgium is in its name. It's the Brussels Griffon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This one I did not expect you to get. Uh, he's a Disney horse. Uh huh. He's from a non-princess movie, meaning it's not like Princess Jasmine, Princess Ariel, any of those, right? Okay. Um, he's from a movie that was released after you were born. So I was trying after to help you I out. After I was born. Yeah. He's a white horse, which is most of them, and he shares his name. This you think you can get? He shares his name with a Greek hero. With a Greek hero. Yes. Achilles? Achilles. Ah. Yes. These are all things we've mentioned in various quizzes. Okay. It is a breed. They were brought to Europe about a thousand years ago by the Magyars. I don't remember what it is. They are loyal, smart, home-loving. It's in the herding group. This one you could probably get. They have a corded coat that can look like a mop. What is... I won't... I know what it is. It is the Pooley. Pooley. Yep. All right. This one is, she's from a Disney movie. The movie is based off a book. I did not think you'd get this one. Uh, The movie is set in New York, and the main character is a cat. She is a dog. She is a poodle voiced by Bette Midler. It's Georgette from Oliver and Company. Oh, yeah. I would never get that. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't get that one. This one, I think you can get this one. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, This is a breed that weighs more than 20 pounds. Okay. They're in the working group. This is where you should get it. They will shed their undercoat with great enthusiasm. Oh, it's... <laughs> Was this the Great Pyrenees? Yes. Okay. <laughs> they look like polar bears, and they're herding dogs in the Pyrenees Mountains. Uh, see, if you'd gone to that one, that would have been yeah. a good way. Anyway, okay. <laughs> this is an animal actor. They appeared in radio, TV, and films. They made more money than Elizabeth Taylor in one of their movies. I don't remember her. This is the actor, though. They originated the role of the most famous dog of all time. I guess arguably, but I would say it is. The dog is the character is Lassie. Yes, the dog's name is a cinnamon for synonym for friend. Sit. Oh, friend is synonym for. I have very limited vocabulary. Pal, it's pal. Pal. <laughs> that is such old English. Yeah, it is. Well, it was like in the freaking like forties. Anyway, so there we go. Allie's revenge was uh, swift and brutal. I did not expect it to go that bad. If you had just moved on, I know you would have gotten the Pyrenees. Yeah. I'm stubborn. I guess, I guess. My hubris. I definitely thought, I really thought you'd get the Norwegian Fjord horse because we talked about them like four episodes ago. And uh, I thought the Brussels might be helpful when you figured out that it was Brussels. Mm. Achilles, I thought. Well, I thought when I said a Greek hero, it might help. But anyway, there's too many. <laughs> so that was that was rough. I'm very happy though. That, that was like a result like you usually give me. So <laughs> when you pull stuff like that, that's the kind of stuff you're gonna get. Just so you know, know who you're messing with. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, that was our listener's choice episode. Uh, we have one more episode. Ooh, that is definitely thunder. Hello. <laughs> anyway, we have one more episode in the Atlantic Ocean after this which will be closest to Halloween. Woo, the spookiest of all. 
Anyway, thank you for listening to episode 97. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast. It's thunder spooky for Halloween. Yay.